The scripture today comes from Hebrews 13, 20, and 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Grow in our hearts, extend in our family, extend in the community, and may his kingdom work through all the churches within West Alexandria to make an impact on people's lives. That's my prayer. Amen. This is a pretty nice little Bible here. It's all fancy Nancy. Got the silver writing on it. I guess that's a tab. All that nice silver in there and good covering and it's an all right Bible. Uh, maybe you think, well, that joker don't use that thing at all. But I do. I use this Bible on uh, special occasions when I'm feeling good about life and, you know, I'm all dressed up and ready to go do something good. I like to use this Bible here. Then I got this old torn up rattle tattle Bible. I mean, I don't even think the book of Genesis is even in this thing anymore. This Bible and me has been through some really rough times in our lives together. It has tear stains in it, coffee stains in it. Prayer to many a prayer. I've thrown it, been mad at God. We've, we've, been through the, we've been through the bind, me and this Bible has. Been through the ringer. You know, when I was mad at God, didn't understand God, didn't know His ways, I'm like, man, this is the Bible I use for me to get close to God. And I was wondering, since it's Communion Sunday, if this is what Jesus meant when he talked to his disciples in Luke 22 when he offered up what we would call the Lord's Supper. This is what he said to his disciples. Verse 19. He took bread, gave thanks, and he broke it, gave it unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Jesus knew what he was about to go through. His body was going to be torn up. Things were going to go wrong. His friends were going to leave him. And he was going to be in a lot of pain. This not only affected the Lord Jesus, but it was going to affect his disciples. When the time got close, they're wondering, what's going on here, man? Why are they treating you like this? Why are they beating you? Why are they condemning you for only doing good? Then it started to happen to them. They questioned their own relationship to God. Why are we going through this mess? Why are we being beat up and tortured and in pain? I think that's what Jesus was telling them. It's going to get rough on you boys. Life ain't easy. Just because you say you love me and serve me, going to follow me, don't mean it's going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be times you don't understand me. You don't understand my will. You don't know where I'm trying to take you. You don't know what I want to do in your life. This Bible's okay. Nice, clean Bible, you know, when I'm having a good time. But Brian Jebedon, he loves this Bible. See, in this Bible, 
This is where I found God. This is where I found the Lord Jesus. In this particular Bible, I have scriptures that I've memorized. And I've had highlighted that when I was in prayer. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It was important to me. I'm a new creature in Christ. These are promises of God that I've highlighted. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, understanding his word. When I was really struggling, not knowing, like, man, you said you called me. You said you loved me. You made me go through Bible college and seminary. I ain't smart. Don't even like school, but I went. Why? Why spend all that money, man, on me? Why are we doing this? Be confident in this very thing. He which began a good work in you will complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. In this Bible, there's hope. In this Bible, there's promises. It's all messed up. It's all tattered and torn. But why do I love it? Because I see the goodness and the grace and the kindness of God in this Bible. There's more to it than Jesus going and dying for us and rising again. Loving for us, caring for us, watching over us, protecting us. Even when it's bad, even when it's tattered and torn, the Lord Jesus is there and he shows it in communion. I think this is reflected in the book of Hebrews. When Paul is speaking to a church who's come out of one religion into another, he highlights the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, first of all, Christ is exalted and lifted up. He's the Son of God, so heed the Word of God. Christ is the Son of Man, so have faith in Him and what He says and what He does. Christ is the High Priest. He stands between you and a holy God, so trust Him and honor Him, grow in Him, learn from Him, know Him and serve Him. He says Christ has an exalted ministry. He's the mediator of the new covenant. He's in the heavenly sanctuary now making intercession for the saints. Not like the old tabernacle was, where only the high priest could go in there once a year in the very last thing where it's really lit up. And he would make intercession for the people after he made intercession for himself. He needed to make his own sacrifice. Christ Jesus did not need to do that. He went in one time and it was all over. He's in the heavenly sanctuary now making intercession for us, watching over us and protecting us. Christ Jesus was a perfect sacrifice. And then later on in Hebrews, he says, this is how you live out your faith. This is how you live out your Christian life. He asked them to maintain their faith. He says, look back at the Old Testament heroes and how they lived their life. They were men and women of faith. Because they were, he says, persevere, carry on and move on. After all, God is a holy God. And you can't just approach a holy God any way you want to. You have to approach him through the blood. And see, he says, since God is holy, do and act right. He says, Christ is unchangeable. He never changes. He is who he is, always making intercession for the saints. And he says, so imitate him. Don't change in your own life. Don't be one way one day, another way another day. Be in him and follow him and serve him. And then in the scripture that was read this morning, he says, Obey, pray, and walk in him. When Paul wrote this text to the Hebrews, 
They had just come out of Judaism. These were Jewish people who had accepted Jesus Christ, so they kept the law and all the commandments. And they were facing a lot of pressure and a lot of persecution, and they started to ask, why? Why do I need to go through this mess? Why am I struggling so bad? If this Christ really loves me and he really cares for me, why am I going through this? We're going to go back to our old rituals and our old way of life and make sacrifices. Paul says, why would you do such a thing? There's nowhere you can go to make a sacrifice that God will approve of. It was approved on the cross of Calvary. And it's only through the Lord Jesus Christ that one can come into the presence of God. Why would you allow pressure and persecution and turmoil and trial send you back? They said, well, people are bickering with us, man. We got one leader telling us that we got to keep all the commandments. We got another leader telling us we don't got to keep none of the commandments. What are we supposed to do? You tell me to obey the leaders, but which leader am I supposed to obey? This is too difficult. I'll just go make my sacrifice and go home and be happy. Why are you asking me to do such a thing? They were in turmoil. They were hurting and they didn't know what to do. So Paul hones it all in in chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. He says two things to the church that I find applicable to us today in the context of communion. The first thing he prays for in this doxology, he says, now the God of peace. Why would he address them with the God of peace? In the Old Testament, God was a mighty warrior. He was also a provider. God, our righteousness. God, our protector. All these names of God. And he was God of peace, but it wasn't like the peace that he was given out. He says, the God of peace. Where are they to have peace? They were to have peace with God. The Old Testament sacrifice couldn't do it. It was to make a man righteous. You would come into the presence of God so he could make your heart clean. But the Old Testament couldn't cut it. It could never make a man's heart right with God. It only dealt with the outside. That's why Jesus says, you've heard it been said in the old days. But I say unto you, if you think this... If you feel this, if you do this, you've done it with your heart. So there was no peace with God because the heart was never right. It was only through the Lord Jesus Christ that one could get right with God. And only through him does man get peace. Not only did this peace of God come by right relationship with God. When he says obey your leaders, it gave right relationship with the other man. I've just I've come too far in my life. I, I, I don't want to bicker no more. It's crazy for the people of God to bicker about dumb things. Just crazy. Why are we bickering? Why are we fighting? I won't fight with you. If you if you tell me something, I'm going to do what you ask me to do. No, why do I need to haggle with it? I got peace in my heart. God gave me peace with Him. He gave me peace. Because of what the Lord Jesus done on the cross, he changed my life. Why do I need to haggle with you over what I consider to be crazy things? What's the point? Why would I talk bad about you? Why would I talk bad about any other church? You're the people of God, the children of God. God gave me peace. He gives me peace with him so that I can have peace with you. So that I can have peace with people around me. He does it in the heart. When he changes your life, he changes you 
forever. Get peace with God. You get peace with one another. And then you get peace with yourself. That's what we struggle with the most, I believe, is our own lives. We can't get over things we've done wrong in the past, and we just don't want to leave stuff with God. We like to hold on to stupid stuff. Kind of gives us an excuse to be mean or whatever. But man, God gives you peace in your own heart, in your own life. All that old stuff is dead and gone. It don't have to be brought up no more. In a marriage relationship, it don't have to be brought up. What you did to me 15 years ago, it don't have to be brought up. What you do to me 15 years ago, why? What in the world? What for? You got peace with God. Why do you need all this mess? He died and rose again to give that to you. Why bring all that mess up? So he prays for them. Have peace with God. And it can only be done through the Lord Jesus Christ. Have peace with your fellow man, your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Love them, take care of them, be there for one another. Don't bicker and fight about dumb things. Just don't do it. You are the people of God. I'm not saying you won't do it. If the disciples did it, chances are me and you are going to do it. Because we're, that's just the way we are. But the command is not to do it. This is what he's asking. Don't bicker and don't fight with one another. And don't fight with yourself. You're a child of God. You have accepted what was done on the cross. Now live the life that God's asking you to live. He says in verse 21, the second thing he prays for him. He says, now this God that gives you peace, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. This is the second part of his prayer. He wants to do something in your life. People are always asking, what is the will of God? How do I know the will of God? Man, he just tells you everything in here is the will of God. Have faith. Believe in him. Trust him. Serve him. Follow him. That's his will. He says it's his will for you to come together as a body of Christ and worship as community. That's his will. Obey the leaders that are over you, your spiritual leaders. That's his will. That's his desire. That's his call on your life. God's will for the king to die on the cross of Calvary. And he says, why? Don't you love me? But he said, nevertheless, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Why? So God can get the glory of our lives. He says it right there. Do what's pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, our Lord. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This was his prayer for the people of God. For the Hebrews to get it right with God. It is his prayer for us today. To serve him. To love him. To follow him. But how are we to do that? How are we to gain peace? How am I to trust this word? How am I to do right? How am I to live right? He says it right here in verse 20. He says the God of peace. What? 
that brought again Jesus Christ our Lord from the dead. This is the book that gives me hope. This is the book that works for me. Even though it's tattered and torn and ripped up, it makes sense to me. again and say just go live your pitiful life I know it's going to be hard on you no he gives me hope that when I'm walking this life and living this life I look to him for the answers I look to the word for the answers and in the word I find hope because God wrote him from the dead then he called him the great shepherd of the sheep now, in Hebrews, when he lists as Moses and Aaron, these were all shepherds guiding the children of Israel. High priests were kind of like shepherds making sacrifice for the children of Israel. But Jesus Christ was the great sheep. He was the great shepherd. He leads the sheep. Just look at the picture right here that was put for you all those years ago when the church was built. Look at the shepherd holding the sheep and guiding the sheep and leading the sheep and loving the sheep and caring for the sheep and how the sheep run to him and they follow him. He says it in John 10, the sheep hear my voice, they know who I am and they follow me and nobody can take my sheep. He loves them and he cared for them. He says in John 10, some guys, they jump over the fence to try to get in the portal. I don't have to do that. I go right to the front of the gate. I open the gate and the sheep know my voice, hear my voice. They understand my voice and they follow me and they won't follow nobody else. But as a sheep, why do I want to go out there in the wild, man? There's nothing but coyotes and farmers who like to shoot you and eat you or milk you or whatever they do. Why in the world would I leave the gate where I'm safe? Because the shepherd leads the sheep. He's a great shepherd, not only because he leads them and we listen to his voice and we follow him, but because he knows what we're feeling. He understands what we're going through. Hebrews clearly says that he was tempted in all man's like and we are yet without sin. He understands us. He knows what it is to look at his mom and dad in the flesh and see him cry and see him hurt because of what he has to do on the cross. He knows what it is for his brothers to mock him and laugh at him. You say you're the son of God, Jesus. You say some of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Get out of our family. He knows what it's like to be rejected by the leaders, those he served with and those he hung around and says, you ain't the son of God, get out of here. He understands and he feels and he knows exactly what we're going through. He knows what it is to be forsaken by man. He knows what it is to be questioning the will of God, understanding the will of God. 
he's the great sheep. All these others were just the great shepherd. All these other men were just regular shepherds. They would die one day. They would lead you wrong one day. They would sin one day. But this guy, the Lord Jesus Christ, would never do wrong. He would never sin. His covenant is eternal. That's his next point. The eternal covenant which was supplied before the beginning of the world. The great shepherd solidified the covenant in communion. What about this covenant? The law was just a shadow, Hebrews says. Was, all these things were a shadow, a type. But Jesus was eternal. A body was made for him to be sacrificed on the cross to establish what was called the new covenant in Jeremiah. When he says, I'll give you a new heart, I'll give you a new mind, and I'll put the ability in your body, in your soul, and in your spirit to follow me, to serve me, and to love me. The day you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, surely you felt a big burden lifted. Something happened in your heart that made a change in you. And then the Holy Spirit came into your life and he sealed you until the day. guide his sheep, love his sheep, but he's in heaven fighting for his sheep. Every time you come to the throne of grace and ask God for help, he's right there interceding on your behalf. Every time you just want to worship him and give him thanks and say, thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for being so good to me. Thank you for loving me. That song of praise that you give to him, that prayer of praise you get in, he takes it right to the Father because he's right there interceding on your and my behalf. He's the great intercessor who will never die. This is Paul's prayer for the church, that they have peace in their heart and they walk out the will of God. And the only way they can do it is because of the sacrifice the King of glory made on Calvary. So I want to say to you, West Alexandria Church of the Brethren, where are you at in your own life, man? Do you not have peace? Is your heart hurting? Is your body hurting? Is things around you all in disarray? Is it all messed up? Is it all just going crazy in your life? Jesus Christ brings you peace today. He brings you love today. He brings you joy today. You say you're confused about following him and serving him? No. Just get in his word. It's all written in his word how we're supposed to do. Don't it just make you mad? You know, when you have a problem with somebody and you go to somebody else talk about the problem you had with the other somebody and you get in the Bible and says, why? Don't pray and ask me to help you. He said, you got to go back to the person you have a problem with. Well, let's just take that verse and throw it out of the Bible. I don't want nothing to do with that. But that's God's will. And you know God's will because it just aches at your heart. And you're going around telling everybody about the stuff. But you know you got to go to the person because that's God's will. That's Him working in your heart, man. That's Him making a change in you. Making a difference in you. He only wants to make a difference in you. Let Him worry about everybody else. That's His will. That's how He works. He works in
start with you. This is my first communion with you, so if I've made a mistake, just remember my sermon. Come to me. Uh, I'm, and I'm just going to say I'm your temporary elder. It says it right here. Just kidding. <laughs> my wife says I have to make jokes every now and then, so there you go. But what I'm going to ask this morning is that as we remember the sacrifice that the king of glory made, I'm, I want to ask you, do you, does anybody here this morning want to be anointed before you receive communion? Are you sick? Are you hurting? Is your family a wreck? Is everything around you a wreck? If you want anointed, I, I don't know how you guys do it, but what I would ask anybody who would want anointed, if the, the deacons, would you just come on up with me, please? The deacons, come on up. The, the ones who do the communion and then the other ones who stand over here for me just for a second. So what I would ask is all those who would like to be anointed to come up first so we can pray with you and then go on and receive communion and then anybody who just wants to receive communion come after those who want anointed. If you don't want to get up and you want us to come to you, I'm old school guy, I will come, we will anoint you with oil and pray over you. So I just offer it this morning. Is anybody, would anybody like to be anointed before we receive communion? You come right on up. Would you like to stay there? You want to come up? Well, you, you, 